It's called the Bankus Show now. We deleted all of the old episodes because uh, they were a little too uh, they were a little too funny, a little too funny. So we decided to start this new one, and a lot of people are liking it and they're watching it, and that is exciting. And we have a lot of uh, new fans on Instagram this week. Welcome everybody. Uh, you probably found me from either the n-word joke video or the uh me dressing up like a woman and uh pretending to be pregnant which i put that video that video is kind of old but i re-released it and it got a lot of views it got like eight hundred thousand views and there's people who really think they really believe that i think that i'm pregnant they don't think they think it, they don't think it's a joke they think i am a crazy person on the left like th- their worst nightmare is who they think I am, right? So they're commenting like, "You're not pregnant." Like you're not, you like you know just like angry at me. They they're so stupid that it's like they think they don't even know that I'm kidding. They think that I'm actually pregnant. So that's happening, and there's a lot of people arguing on the N word video joke. I don't know if you saw this joke that I. It's a stupid joke that I did. And you know what's crazy about that joke is that I did it in Texas, which people, I don't think a lot of comics, maybe they do it in Toronto. Oh, I'm edgy. No, we did it in Texas, and it, and it worked, and people enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, the guy in the audience was upset. He wasn't upset. He was kind of shitty the whole time, and I'm upset because I lost the full recording of that whole set that my friend in Texas, Gary Faust, made for me with perfect audio, and, and the video was not great. That's why it's black and white, because I had to change everything because I looked super orange. But anyway, I'm digressing, folks. It's been a great uh, week. We have an amazing tour coming up. People are excited for that. Uh, Starting it off, so far it's starting off in Calgary on April 6th. We have already sold, I believe, 50% of the tickets in two days, which to me is good. I mean, you know, if you're Louis C.K., it's not great. Tickets are moving a little slow, but for me, I'm happy about it. So uh, Calgary, Edmonton dates are live as well as Toronto. People have been messaging me. Oh, when are you coming to Toronto? I'm in Toronto right now. We're in a community center or wherever the fuck we are. Um, with a place Libraries now are just places for like people who are on hard drugs to just surf the Internet. And there's, you know, it's basically libraries now are semi-homeless slash homeless people, alcoholics, and, uh, you know, people going to community college and then, like, families of Asian people going, this is what a library is in Canada? This is disgusting. Because um, in China, they they don't have... I don't think they have homeless people. I think they just... They send them to the camps. So, <clears throat> uh, that's where we are. So, But people are asking me, are you coming to Toronto? Yes, I'm coming to Toronto. February 8th at Lula Lounge. Lula Lounge is a uh, Spanish salsa dance studio. Not a studio. It's a, it's a club. Like It's like a nightclub for people who go to do fun things like dancing and, and stuff like that. But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome venue for comedy. It looks like a mini. It looks like a miniature, like, big theater. Like if that makes any sense. It's got, like, a cool stage, and uh, there's, like, two levels, but they're not, like, it's not, like, way up. It's, like, this far up, but people are, like, right up there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, And you should get tickets for that. Some people don't want to get tickets for that because uh, apparently they uh, there was a transgender person that stepped foot in the the establishment in 1994. So that is an issue for some people uh, because they do not... Uh, no, what actually is, is the truth is that Lula Lounge uh, does drag brunches, apparently. They really? do drag brunches. The glasses are disgustingly dirty. Yeah, apparently Lula Lounge, I didn't look this up before booking, which some some people who don't live in Toronto, I had, I had a message from somebody who lives two hours outside of Toronto, and they said, I'm not coming to this show anymore because they do drag brunches. And... They actually didn't say they're not coming. They said, why can't you move the venue? You need to move the venue. It was like an... (laughs) It's insane, right? Insane. So it's like the far... 
We talk about it more on the Patreon episode, the last Patreon episode. Please join Patreon, patreon.com slash Bankus to support the show and to support, uh, you know, my new potentially young producer who's here, Nav. He's hanging out. But we uh, get these messages sometimes, and the woman sent me the message. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it said. The whole thing is on Patreon. It's a voice note that she sent me. You can listen to it on Patreon. She told me uh, that she called the venue like an hour after I posted the poster for it, uh, specifically demanding to find out if they do drag brunches and if children are allowed. And, of course, they she asks if there's children allowed. And, and the women's kind of like, this isn't really like you wouldn't bring your kid to this. But like and then she's like pushing it because she's trying to see like our far left people bringing their kids to these drag brunches so she's pushing her and pushing her going well what if i want to bring my kid and then she's like well if you the parent think that are you if you're okay with some sexually explicit stuff like you can bring your kid but we you know she didn't say any either here or there but the woman was using this as a reason to you know as my fan cancel my own show so that it could be at a like sports bar or something pardon me your fan yeah, it was my fan. It wasn't That's even a. Crazy, brother. It wasn't even a uh, an enemy. Apparently, it was a it was a friendly friendly fire. So this is how far everybody is in the mental illness epidemic, which of course we're in the middle of. Um, I mean, it's apparent here at this library where uh, I'm pretty sure I saw two people who used to do stand up comedy are in the uh, computer lounge of the library, which is not a good sign. Uh, people are mentally ill on both sides. It seems to me like the people who are mentally ill on the left during uh, BLM and during um, that whole kind of era, I feel like that has kind of died down. And, the, the you know, I don't like obviously there are still these far left people like you watch libs of TikTok and every day they're posting another video of some person on TikTok going nuts about. I somebody misgendered me and stuff like that. But I feel like it's few and far between. I like I, I don't know. I don't see it on a regular basis. I know there's one trans person in the uh, in my in my father's building and they have a dog that is vicious. They have a vicious rescue dog. And every time my dogs come near it, it just fuck like it goes insane. Right. And then this person who is, uh, you know, they are trans. They pick up the dog and they go, it's okay, you can come in the elevator. The dog's like, like she's holding it while angry. And um, so that has affected my view of the trans community, this woman's dog. Mm-hmm. Um, that affects, no, of course. I don't care what anybody does at an establishment that we're doing comedy at. Um you know, I said this at Yuck Yucks. People are like, oh, because I've actually been doing this as a bit of a bit. This is a now a bit for me where I talk about this woman who is my fan trying to cancel my own show. And <clears throat> I think that it's it's an issue for... Like, if, if you're worried about where, like, any place I perform comedy at, there's probably people doing fentanyl there. And they probably, they, very likely, they work there. So, the idea that we're going to find a venue where, you know, there's never been a, a wrongdoing, there's never been a morally corrupt situation, and I don't care about, honestly, I want to go to the drag brunch now. For me, this is like, this is like the drag brunch is some this crazy right wing chick mm-hmm. is somehow advertising drag brunch to me. She's making me think I want to go to drag brunch now uh-huh. because it's I looked it up after and you know the food looks good. I think it's like a buffet. I think it's like a drag buffet which sometimes I go to the Jewish brunch, maybe I could switch it up and go to drag brunch, which maybe is maybe there'll be some Jews there which would be fine with me. But that's neither here nor there. Folks, if you're in Toronto and you're listening, you got to come see me at uh, Lula Lounge. and um, Enjoy the artistry, man. Enjoy it. What is more free speech than allowing drag shows and Ben Bankus in the it. same, under the same roof? You got to love it. 
That's the re- people want to say this isn't a free country, but you shouldn't perform at that place because one time there was. Tra-. It's got to happen, okay? It's got to happen. It's going to be fun. We're going to dance to salsa music, uh, and there's going to be a trans brunch after the show. So it, that's an extra fifty dollars uh, if you want to be part of that. No, but seriously, <clears throat> it's exciting times. We're, we're, we're moving forward with a lot of things, and I don't want to talk about that because people don't want to hear anything about your own success. They don't really care about your own success. They just want you to be successful and then, you know, marvel at it. But they don't want to be like, and, oh, and it's good things are happening. They just want to meet you in like five years and go, oh, shit, and then they feel bad about themselves, and then that's easier than uh, investing in people's success. But I am lucky. I have a lot of really uh, awesome fans that are doing that. And uh, that are on Patreon, that are posting, that are, are sharing my shit. So we really, uh, you know, we fucking appreciate that. Uh, security guard just looked in here. I don't know why. Maybe he heard. You're a shady looking motherfucker. Just know that. They're like, this is it'd be, it'd be the funniest possible thing that could happen while filming at this library. Um, in the soundproof, quote unquote, soundproof room. I don't see any cameras on the ceiling. I, I doubt they can hear what I'm talking about. But if they could, um, they might uh, they might uh, question. I'm I'm interested in that. I bet it. I bet they wouldn't give a shit because that's free speech. Lula Lounge and the public libraries in Toronto have the most free speech out of anywhere else. Isn't that interesting? I agree. You can go get a Jordan Peterson book in this in this library right now, and smoke crack, possibly in the alleyway. You ever been to uh, Toronto Reference Library on Blue and Young? Yeah. Yeah, in there, I've seen a couple of crackheads just wilding now while someone over in the corner is reading a book about jazz and listening to vinyl and soul music. Someone's downstairs screaming their ass off. Well, it's it's been a tough two years. That's what people say now. When your life is in shambles, people come up to you and they go, it's been a tough two years, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. They don't really they don't really care, mm-hmm. that you're, you're the, which is fair. That's why we, you know, I believe in, medically assisted death i believe that that is a great um cure and option for you know getting rid of a lot of the people who are currently in this library downstairs um you know they're lining up every day to use free internet why not line up for euthanasia damn that's a fucking crazy segue brother you like that i love it nav everybody he's uh He's an he's an intern slash probably gonna have to give him some money today, which I, he hasn't done much, but he's done a lot at the same time. Uh, what else is happening? We had Drake. Uh, there was somebody fell off of a, a something at a Drake show. They fell off of the upstairs of the Drake show, and didn't hear anything about it after. Drake's very good. He's Jewish. It's not like a Travis Scott concert where everybody dies. The you know. As soon as somebody dies at a Drake concert, you know, there's there's Jews there with like he probably has lawyers traveling with him. Like he has lawyers traveling with him that are going around and people are signing NDAs and going, no, I didn't see anything. Right. All those guys have NDAs that they need to get signed when they have sex, when they do anything. I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure all the girls that go to those like Drake's house and stuff, they got to sign a waiver. They probably don't, like, they're not allowed to just bring their phones in and have their phone and fucking record. They probably have to either leave their phone at the front or, you know, in a big bowl or whatever it is. Or those, they probably, maybe they have those things like at, uh, when you go see Dave Chappelle, where you put the phone in the pouch and it's locked until you, you can't unlock it until you leave. Is that really a thing? That's a thing because comics don't want you stealing uh, their material or putting their material online before, especially if they're going to put it out on Netflix, which is a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of my followers are kind of new. They've never even been a fan of a comedian ever. Like, it's not like they're like, oh, I'm a fan of comedy. And then I found Ben Bankus. They're just like, I didn't know. I don't really watch comedy. And then they, they are my fan now and they don't understand how, um, how things work. That, you know, like for instance, I have, 45 50 minutes 55 minutes an hour of material that i do that 
a lot of it I can't post online yet because I haven't filmed a special, which is going to be coming out in June or July, an hour long special, another or fifty minutes or whatever. My last my last one was forty minutes. I think forty minutes is fine for a special, to be honest. Do another forty minutes and uh, put it out there, and then I can post those clips of all that material, and then I'll stop doing that material because I it's important to me when my fans come to see me do comedy that they don't see me telling the same jokes that they saw on Instagram because I think that that's boring. I think that that's uh, it's lazy and it sucks for me because it would be great to just if it was the 1980s like Andrew Dice Clay if you don't know who that is but he's a comic that he would feel he was one of the first comics after Steve Martin kind of and Eddie Murphy who's in that era he's filming filling stadiums of people and he's doing jokes and people are reciting the jokes they already know all of his jokes. And so it's not even like, but that was okay in the 80s because there was no internet and there was no this and that. And But there's comics now performing at some of these venues, including some of the venues that I perform at, who are doing material that they've been doing for 15 years. So, and then they go, why do I only have 500 followers on Instagram? It's like, well, like for instance, the N-word joke. I don't do that joke anymore. It's done. It's on, it's in the internet. It's got a million views. It's done. I don't need to tell it. A million people saw it. So... That's how we keep it fresh around here, and and there's going to be even more new material because we just added a few more dates to the tour that uh, I haven't can't really even announce yet, but I'll tell you where they are going to be. Uh, it looks like we're going to find a venue in Vancouver for the end of March, first week of first weekend of April. Then we're going to be finding uh, we found a venue for Fort McMurray. We're going to go to um, uh, that looks like it's going to be on April eighth. And uh, I think we're continuing to to add some some other dates. So <clears throat> you're a touring man now. Touring. A lot of my sometimes I just make shit up when I'm at the show because it's funny, and then it's those those are the best moments to post online. They're the best moments live. I think. I mean, obviously, I like good when good material works. Um, but when you just have a spontaneous joke and it's actually like usable as material, it's not just. Oh, it's funny in this room, and then it's never funny again. It's funny everywhere because you just made it up because you're fucking funny. A lot of comedians aren't funny. They just they have good jokes. They're not really fun or funny. I mean, I'm funny. I don't know if I'm fun to hang out with. Like I like I like working. I like doing stuff. Comedy. You know, I have friends who do real estate and investment shit, and they love fun like let's go have fun and what you know they really enjoy a nice dinner and i mean i love a nice dinner but you know for me a nice dinner only feels good if we had like a sick show that night you know what i mean it's like okay let's go get like a fucking 300 dollars fucking steak dinner crazy ass place but for me to just go on like a, ah, i'm feeling like shit let's go to no it doesn't or going into clubs like a lot of my friends they, they want to go well not clubs but you know, the King Street shit. Yeah. King Street sucks. Hey, I don't like it, bro. I'm not a fan. It's terrifying and terrible at the same time. And the scariest part is they have cops everywhere walking around, bulletproof vests that look like SWAT, you know, and it's just, it's just a, people come from so far to go there, like from fucking, they come from Oakville, they come from Mississauga, they come from Brampton, they come from fucking, um, you know, the East End, Scarborough. Like, it's just a, it's, and it's, the, it's just a it's a weird scene. Have you been to New York? I honestly have not been to New York since I was in grade ten. My dad took me in grade ten to New York to hang out with his uh at the time friend who was like a Russian multimillionaire woman slash the, she had a husband who was there, but he wasn't there. <laughs> But my dad was like friends with him. I don't know what the fucking situation. But uh, <laughs> they were friends in some. They did some music or some bullshit. I don't know together. And but they were just rich as fuck. And we went there, and it was just this amazing. Uh, first, we went. We met them at their weekend home. Mm-hmm. We drove from Can- uh, Canada, from Toronto, mm-hmm. down to New York. We met them at their weekend home at in Brewster. It's like a, it's outside of New York City. It's kind of like Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls distance ish to to New York. 
uh, Brewster, and it's like this crazy house that they had, like in the middle of. It's like on this res water res. It's not a. It's a lake, man-made lake of water to be used to drink in New York. So you can't put boats on it. You can't swim in it. You can fish, I think, it's but that's up? it. Like it's a dammed up. It's just. It's like a fucking lake that you're not allowed to do anything on, and it's like drinking water. It's. Just, I don't even know. It's crazy to see, and they live like right next to it on this big like. There, it was like a fucking. 20 person mansion or something like that like a 20 bedroom it's just 10 maybe 15 just huge like huge long driveway just all modern super sick her kids were like cool her one son's my age so we kind of hung out and then she had and then there's a younger son and he was like crazy like he had like he was like you want to see my sword collection and shit like fuck i never met people like People that rich, let alone Russian people that rich. They're different, no? They, they live very different. It's different. And it's exciting because it's always, you know, nobody, there's never like we're cooking tonight. What do you want for dinner? You know, like this, everything just seems ghetto when you hang out with rich people, which is why I want to be rich, which is why, well, I will be rich. And thank you to everybody for, for doing that. Mm-hmm. But I want that lifestyle of not being like, what are we cooking tonight? That's not an option. Why do oh we have to clean the kitchen? They don't clean the kitchen, okay? Uh, you know they do. They ha- some their food is either deli- I think there they had a cook. Like I honestly think they had a chef, like a live-in person that made food. Mm-hmm. So they did that, and their basement was insane. Their basement was like just a, like a it was bigger than the whole house mm-hmm. in square footage. Like it was just an open, almost like a fucking room like the matrix like just an endless room like you know the matrix where it's just a white room where it's just infinite and they had ping pong tables and this tables and big couches and fucking video games and shit and it was just and and you know the kids are riding it's so big kids are on roller not rollerblades skateboards and scooters and shit like that and it was crazy and that was we hadn't even been to new york yet like their city their house in new york they, they had a house in downtown like in manhattan Lexington and Third, like super expensive area. Yeah, high rise. It was uh no, it wasn't even a high rise. It was it was a townhouse. It was like a six story townhouse. So it was like they had six stories. It was just crazy, and every every story of their house was like a different theme of Mm -hmm. being rich. (laughs) And they had like an underground, like they even had a parking spot in, and they had elevator and shit. Levels of opulence. Just crazy, and it's, it's nice. It's nice, and um, it made me want to be rich. And that's why, you know, my dad would introduce me to those types of people. He'd always be like, "See, this is why you need to have money because that you have to have a life. You can't be doing podcasts in libraries for the rest of your life." Mm. Um, <laughs> it's an aesthetic, man. It's a vibe, though. This is not a bad vibe. This is very. Uh, after meeting Tom Green, it's kind of interesting. Because uh, Tom Green has, um, you know, he started with Rogers Cable TV. That's almost, this is the equivalent of having your own TV show on Rogers Cable Mm -hmm. is doing a podcast at a library now. Because, yeah, you could put this, anybody can come here, do exactly what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. and put it online and potentially become massive, right? Potentially get a million views, like I just did. Not to brag, but did I think you? I got to brag a little bit. I got, views on? I got a million views on my uh, N-word joke video. Can you just give a little bit of a background on that for anyone? That the N-word joke. On it? Quick, the, quick summary. So uh, it is basically the joke is that I say, um, uh, so I guess white people still can't say the N-word. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, even though we created it mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> and then I say it's kind of it's a little bit of cultural appropriation, if you ask me. Okay. Um, <laughs> like we created you're appropriating. Right. That's the joke. It's it's honestly a stupid joke. It's I don't even know how fucking creative it is. I, the I, first time I posted it, somebody was like, this comedian made that joke. And I looked him up. There was some like random YouTuber from Australia. I was like, no, they didn't shut the fuck up. So anyway, the joke uh, is that, but in the viral video, which I can show you, I can I'll, I'll I can just play the audio. Um, but uh, yeah, some a guy there's a guy in the audience. He interrupts me, and he's like, 
because I'm like, white people still can't say the N-word. And he interrupts me right away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no fucking way you can't say the N-word. And then I was like, thanks for making all these white people comfortable with the joke. And then I continue with the joke. So here we go. Oh, shit. What the fuck? White people, we, we still can't say the N-word. You know? Even though we created it. Yeah. I feel like it's a bit of cult- cultural appropriation. It's just me. I'm glad you're here to make all these white people feel comfortable with that joke. Dude, I want, I'm going to bring this guy to every show. He's going to stand on stage and be on his phone the whole time. And go, he's going to look up and go, yo, that was fun. It's a whole joke. White people. So, like, I think him comment like saying something helps it go viral because but also yeah so anyway i had a lot of i have a lot of you know some people being like yo you want to get your face you know i'll punch you in the face if you say it that's a pussy behavior <laughs> and then there's other i actually had a lot of um people like a lot of black people be like comment to me like this is funny and it's i'm not offended and this is great you know what i mean so uh I know what you mean. You're probably right about that because it's interference. You can't put the phone too close, right? The interference. It's proximity effect. When you hold the phone close, it creates bass in the in the microphone. Wow. When you hold anything too close to a microphone, it creates unnecessary bass frequencies. Huh. You can get rid of them with a with a filter, but it's better off just holding it back so you don't get all those bass frequencies. Thank you very much. The one of the we have one of the best here from Tre- Trebus College. Trebus Institute. Institute. Yeah. For. Uh, the podcast arts, folks, because I need to, uh, this is art and I can't fuck it up. At last, the last podcast, I had to like put a filter to get the, there was actual radio signals because I was doing it in my house. The radio was coming through and it was getting into the microphone and you could hear like full on like the weekend singing like a, a fucking song from the radio. So I uh, had to figure that out. If you're, if you set your gain too high on your microphone. You pick up more of the room. The microphone's already super sensitive, but the higher you set your gain, and the more the more sensitive the mic gets, the more you're gonna capture outside noises. For sure. There's a whole art to it, man. It's an art, baby. Yeah. That's why we out here. We're artists. I have a question for you, actually. Sure. So, uh, you were talking about uh, talent, like like comedic talent. My question to you is, is a is a is a comedian that is inherently witty, like can be on the spot, spontaneously witty, superior to a comedian that has to sit and premeditate their jokes because they can't do it on the spot? Is there a superiority in between them, do you think? Or do you think they're like same level, they should be, it's the same thing? I think that if, if you're doing the same jokes for too long, I think that's like... There's some comics that, like Louis C.K., like if the audience says something to him, he'll be like, shut the fuck up. And then he just goes and it's like, no, I'm doing my material. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes I do that. Like if I'm filming a special, certain shows, like you've seen me do some yuck yuck shows where I'm constantly talking to the audience. If I'm hosting, usually I'm hosting or like I'm doing a five, yeah. like a quick spot. So like I don't need, and sometimes I don't want to do material. I'm trying to work on new material. I'm trying to come up with material. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think that anybody's like I, I just think what what makes you a better comic is that you're not just working on the exact same thing every single time you're experimenting, you're 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 trying new things mm-hmm. within that. Like doesn't mean the material has to be different, but maybe you're doing it a different way you're doing, because you have to learn how it actually should sound. You can't just make up a way that it sounds and then just fucking do that. But that's. That doesn't matter, um, really. But uh, Nav is is here, and he asks. You, thank you for asking questions. Nav is six uh, five. Six three. Six, six three. three. Yeah. Either way, he's taller than me, so I can't be that mean to him. Uh, as mean as I, <laughs> no, he's a, he's a nice guy, and uh, he works at you works at Yuck Yucks. And I basically talked to him one night, and he was like, "Yo, man, I know how to fucking do audio," and I was like, "Perfect." <laughs> Because I don't know shit. I have a fucking Zoom recorder, and that's what we do, baby. That's what we fucking do. 
But yeah, so Drake, uh, somebody died at a Drake concert of gunshot wounds to the head. And no, that's not true. They fell off a balcony, mm-hmm. which is crazy. If that happened at one of my shows, it'd be, I'd be like, that's how you know you made it when somebody dies at your concert. Yeah, not a lot of people, not a not a like a mass shooting. That's never good because mm-hmm. that could happen to a really shitty band, like it did in uh, in in France the, at the Bata Clan. There's like the Eagles of Death Metal. Mm-hmm. There was like a mass shooting, so that has nothing to do with you being famous. But one person dying by because they there was so much, it was just so crazy, or even a few people like at the Travis Scott concert. I'm sure Travis Scott he put out a statement like, "Yo, man, I'm really sorry about all the people dying, man. It's fucked up." But I think in reality, he probably partied that night. And was like, "Yo, people fucking died, man. That was crazy." You so? Like, you think so? Okay, okay. And you I, think he was sad? Um, I'm I'm still new to comedy, but since I work at Yuck Yucks, I get to see comedy pretty often. And I've been watching you perform, and I know comedy is a very intimate setting when you're sitting there and it's just you in the crowd and there's no music and you're just talking to them. They heckle you, they bug you, right? Imagine being imagine being a Kevin Hart level comedian and you're in Scotiabank Arena, and for some reason or another, everyone tramples everyone. Would you go party afterwards, knowing you're making millions, or would you be sitting there and being like, hey? I was fucked up and that just happened. I mean, depends how many people died. Like, if it was, like, less than 10, I'd probably just be like, we're going to a nice restaurant yeah. tonight. We're going to have a good time. We're not going to post about it. We're not going to post about it. Everybody's got to sign an NDA. We're not posting tonight about uh, the the deaths. And then, you know, we'd make a video first, maybe. Maybe it would be like, okay, we're not going to drink until we make this really heartfelt video that we're going to release tomorrow. So it seems like we didn't go and get drunk tonight. But... We did. And, I mean, no, it's not good. Uh, there's probably lawsuits. That, of course you're going to drink because you're worried now. You're not even sad. You're just like, fuck, I'm in trouble. I got lawsuits. People are angry. Uh, <clears throat> like the Travis Scott thing, people got sued. I forget the, what the amount was. You, I don't know if you... It was so many. Let me... Your food, me phone, out. your food. Yeah, I was almost going to do the podcast because I, I can't do it anymore at my father's. Uh, it's too, it's not ideal for lots of reasons. So I'm, uh, you know, I called a bunch of places. We looked at a bunch of places. Staples Business Depot has a podcast studio now. Two billion. Two billion he got sued for. Two billion dollars. Travis Scott. Big B. Two billion dollars. What does it say? It says... U.S. rapper Travis Scott were sued uh, for $2 billion by hundreds of people who say they were injured when a crowd of 50,000 people were incited into a frenzy at the Deadly Astroworld concert earlier this month. Wow. But even when you say Deadly Astroworld concert, it sounds like, like, yo, were you there? Crazy, right? Like, have you survived? Yeah. Because only, like, how many? But I guess, yeah, hundreds of people were affected. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's fucked up. But honestly, why do you, if you go to a concert with 50,000 people, you're kind of asking for something fucked up to happen. Um, I I don't even think I want to perform for 50,000 people. You wouldn't want to As a comedian? Come on, man. Maybe, okay, 25,000 would be good enough for me. Why not the 50, though? Because I don't even think, like, the stadiums that comedians perform in hold... Like, I guess the O2, there's certain, st- but there's stadiums mm-hmm. with seats. Mm-hmm. People are sitting there. You know what I mean? They have a fucking cup holder. Uh, you know, if it's in a, <laughs> if it's at the ACC or something like yeah. that. The, the Travis Scott thing is just outdoors, like in a fucking field. Yeah. You can't even see shit if you're not. So then everybody's trying to get, and then you just die because there's just too many people. I don't like concerts, really. Music. I don't really even, uh, I love music. I, I love rap, and honestly, I would go to a Travis Scott concert 100%. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the 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 fear, like like getting a beer at mm-hmm. some music festivals or some concerts is scary a bit because there's just so many fucking people. It's the same thing, getting trampled. I, that's a that's a bad way to die. Getting trampled is a really yeah, bad way to die. I mean, the only way it would be not that bad is if it's a Travis Scott concert. You're like, oh, yo, I died at a Travis Scott concert. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's worse to get trampled like in the streets of Seoul, Korea. Like there was a trampling in, in Seoul, Korea. Yeah. Um, and and they, all, a lot of soccer, a lot of soccer people have died at soccer games from, from trampling and shit like that. 
Um, and uh, and also in that the uh, I hate to uh, you're Muslim, right? No, no, I'm Sikh. You're Sikh. No, Perfect. Not Sikh. You're not Sikh. No, there's a way to say it. Sikh. So we say. So uh, can I just clear? Yes, clear please tell me. Okay, okay. So if you're Punjabi, so we're we're in northern India, okay? Pakistan and Punjab were one were one thing before. Right. They got split in half by the British. That's why we look very alike. I know I look Middle Eastern. No, not when really. I, when I have a beard, I look very Middle Eastern. I just I assumed I I, I assumed you might have been only because you said some Armin and you were talking and. I thought you were Pakistani. No, or I something. try to I try to educate myself on everything else around. So you're Sikh from Northern right. India. We say Sikhi. Sikhi. Yeah. So Sikh means student. Sikh. Right. And Sikhi, like we say Sikhi, we're Sikhi. We don't say Sikhism. We don't say Sikh. We say Sikhi. Mm. That's how we refer to ourselves. Just for everybody watching if or listening, um, Nav is does not have a turban on, but I wish you did. No, but I got the. I got you the have what on. is that? It's called a kuda. Kuda? Yeah. What is that? Is it's that like a, a, so in it's a bracelet? Yeah, it's a way of identifying a Sikh, mm. right? So uh, in our culture, this our sixth guru, I believe it was, he got martyred. and but at the What time, does that mean? Trampled? No, when you get martyred is when uh, it's when, you, when you're a sacrifice for someone else. Right. So it was Muslims, Hindus, and Sikhs, and the Muslims were... They uh, love doing that. Oppressing the Sikh, uh, oppressing the Hindus. In the like a 9-11 type thing. <laughs> Is what But they were oppressed on, and our guru uh, got decapitated by. Oh my one of the god! Muslims, but all the six like dispersed. So after that, they started having a way of identifying ourselves. So there's five Shit. things that we do to identify us, and this is one of the ways. Is one of them like on your penis? <laughs> Technically, or some yeah, sort of sexual. Like looks like a cock ring. Is it a cock ring? No, it isn't. <laughs> You're like, I'm sick. Where's your what, what's that thing called on your wrist? What's it called? Hello. What's it? Akara. Kara. Akara. Yeah, yeah. Where's your kara? <laughs> he just pulls your <laughs> pants down, just have a cock, a shiny silver cock ring on. I knew you were sick. Sick. Yeah, I, I love uh, Sikhs. I make fun of Jagmeet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think it's 50 50 Sikhs that some of the like find it funny. Some. There's, I, there was one joke that I did that people, there like, I. Every time I post it, there's like dudes in India like being like, "No, this is not funny because actually." My dad's um, like that. Yeah, is he? Is, is he? Like that. Is he like a? Is he a boomer? My dad. My dad's from India. Uh, my family's well off in Punjab, actually. But he's online getting upset. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is on Facebook. On Facebook, he's vicious. He's vicious. But yeah, Facebook. so I, but it, because the joke was that. Uh, do you think every time Trudeau hangs out with Jagmeet, he's just staring at the turban like, fuck, let me put that shit on. And, uh, <laughs> right? And then, then people hear it and they go, this is, it is not shit. You cannot say it is shit. It is, it, like, and I'm like, my dad's, my dad's like that. Yeah. Right. My dad's like Which that, is, yeah. I get it, but it's like, we don't mean shit. We just mean, call everything shit. I was talking to call my, I call my dick shit. Put that shit in your mouth. I feel you. I was talking to Byron Bertram after one of his performances. And uh, we were talking about how comedy is a good grounds for social commentary, right? Especially, like, when I watch comedians go up, yeah, they make some jokes. Yeah, they do stereotype things. But stereotypes are social commentary. And comedy is one of the only places where you can have honest conversations. Thank you, Nav, for that that insightful comment, which you're right. This is the only – this is the only – comedy is the only place that I'd want to be – doing anything or any it is an industry that is continuing to grow it is an industry that uh is continuing to influence people it's a very influential industry now and it's not that i don't want to influence people i want to influence people to laugh and 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 think about things and not take things um so fucking seriously all the time now there's like a guy like pacing around outside of the studio um angry i hope he didn't hear what i said about um trudeau's turban but uh, no, <laughs> he's. I don't know what's going on out there. But yeah, the um, <clears throat> what the fuck were we talking about right before that? Oh, right before that, Sikhs. we were talking about how comedy is. A no, the Muslims. Oh uh, no, because I was I was asking you if you're Muslim because a lot of uh, Muslims oh, die right. getting trampled to death. Where in on the um, like the pilgrimage to Mecca? Oh, on the pilgrimage to Mecca. Yeah. Really, people are like, dying. Not, I I think people have actually died in Mecca too from being trampled, 
But on the look it up. It's it's the uh, I'm pretty sure it's this, it's I guess what is it in Saudi Arabia the Mecca? There's like some road. Not Saudi Arabia. It's in. It's not in Jordan. It's either it's in. Look it up. Yeah. You got the phone. My bad. I'm no. I'm sorry. I, I I'm not actually yelling at you, but I have to yell at you for the viewers. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get get this shit kicked out of me. By a six foot three six. And uh, he's like, it's my new producer, everybody. Uh, he just beats the shit out of me. No, how many people died? How many people died? Let me see. Did it say? How many people died on the pilgrimage to Mecca? I know that people died. I'm just saying, being trampled sucks, which is why I don't like going anywhere, really, where there's big crowds of people. It's not exciting to me. I don't feel excited being in those places. More than 2,000 individuals. 2,000. During the annual Hajj. It's called the Hajj, by the way. The Hajj. When you're going on the pilgrimage to Mecca, it's called the Hajj. Thank you. All Muslims one time in their... I'm not Muslim, but all Muslims one time in their life. If you're, Muslim. <laughs> you're like, I'm not Muslim, but I am kind of a no, little but bit. I, but, I, but I try to learn about it. All Muslims right. one time in their life have to do the pilgrim... I have to do the... The, the or what happens? It's it's just a religious thing. It's just because that's where that's where right. it started. It started in Mecca. Yeah, there's a lot of pilgrimages. I uh, I did a pilgrimage to uh, Austin, Texas, which is the pilgrimage of comedians. Every comedian needs to go to Austin, Texas. What's over there? Um, Joe Rogan is there. No, I'm joking. This is <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, but this is it is true that I went there, and that is pretty much a pilgrimage because comedy is a religion. Uh, being a comedian is like being a religious pastor in ways in this in the sense that like if you're good mm -hmm. because you're always there was actually a better reason that i had in my head but uh, oh, the, 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 the security guard walked by the glass window again and stared at me going no he didn't do that <laughs> um no but it is a religion in the sense that you're uh, a student of it you're mm -hmm. a student like i'll never sit here and go okay i'm the best comedian in the world and blah blah blah, blah. You're damn good, you know bro. i'm good you're but you can always bro. get better because and the way i got good and the way i'm going to continue to get better is by looking at it like that i'm a student of this mm -hmm. i'm not there is no be all end all there is no you know you need to have goals but you, there is no end there's no end mm -hmm. you gotta the, the just you gotta be health. the new thing with comedy and this type of stuff is you gotta be healthy you gotta be mentally healthy and that's hard that, that's the really hard part is not for me like i'm fat I was fatter. I lost 25 pounds. I lost 30 pounds, and then I think I gained five. Now I'm maybe uh, down a couple. You look healthy, brother. You look healthy. I look pretty healthy. You look healthy. But I have a fucking, I still have this fucking disgusting gut. Dad bods are in. Um, which is true, but I'm trying to get rid of it. But the, I'm not even trying to get rid of it anymore, though, as much as I'm enjoying the mental, uh, the way my brain and, and body feel when I take control. I make sure I go to the gym today and go to the gym, but I also haven't eaten. So if I don't go to the gym, I just starve myself. Um, but there's certain times uh, that I will eat poorly, and that affects me. When I eat poorly, like, I like eating poorly after a good show mm -hmm. for some reason. It's just a thing, and I think part of it's, like, I grew up, my dad, he was a performer, and he, after his shows, they would always go for Chinese or go late-night food and go to a bar and order a night burger. And, and, and there's something about it. You just killed so hard. You're like, fuck it, let's go eat. It's the same reason you want to drink. You want to fucking smoke weed. You want to smoke cigarettes. You know, there's just, you're on a high after the performance, especially if it goes well. Mm -hmm. But I can't really eat late anymore because it's making me, That's that makes me feel like shit. Because then you wake up, then you're shitting all day. You spend your whole day shitting because you went, you ordered Uber Eats. And then, and, and it's just, it's just a bad vibe. So the, the gym, sauna, uh, the cold plunges, the 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 spin classes, the sweating. You're a spin uh, class type of guy. I like. I mean, I I never was until like four months ago or whenever I started doing it yeah. three month two months ago, that because I look. I'm a, I grew up playing hockey. Mm -hmm. A lot of hockey players they all do spin. I don't know if they do spin classes with a bunch of gay people like I do, but they do spin. They have their own instructors that they do spin with after their done and i'm pretty sure basketball players do they do the stationary bike and they have instructors and shit like that so it's good fucking cardio and it's pretty safe you can't really get hurt that's now something i have to worry about i like playing basketball and shit but fuck i've seen comics i've played basketball with comics dj demers he's comic he's, he's been on uh jimmy fallon and and i think kimmel and he's been a lot of uh, touring all over the states 
I saw him break his ankle. He couldn't do comedy for like a month. He was just, he literally snapped his ankle in half just playing basketball, pick up basketball. So certain things like that, like I'll go play shinny, but I'm not going to, like I'll play hockey with no equipment on fucking ice with no helmet, but I'll go easy and I'll only do it a couple times because I don't, it's too fucked up. So that's why I like spin. You sweat. There's, but those types, keeping active and shit like that, it keeps your brain off of other bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It keeps you kind of like, okay, yeah, I didn't, I wanted to, like yesterday, all I wanted to do was go for fucking sushi. I'd already had Thai food that day because I was working with uh, a, another guy who's uh, on the team, Ronan, uh, and he's helping me with some Facebook ads and, and getting shit out there and, and, and helping me fill seats and, and coming up with promo ideas and shit like that. Uh, and teaching me about Facebook. By the way, Jews know a lot about Facebook. Jews, it like, if you ever seen a Jew setting up ads on Facebook, it looks like they're in the dark web of Facebook. Like they, it's it's amazing what Jews can do on Facebook. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for creating the platform. But, um, had Thai food with him for lunch. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all I want to do is go eat fucking sushi now. And, and when I go to sushi, I get chicken teriyaki, lunch, either lunch special, chicken teriyaki with the veggies, or I do like a bento. And, and then I upgrade. I upgrade the shitty fucking rolls that they try to do. You know when they give you those cheap rolls, like it's just a cucumber with, a fuck, with rice and a fucking thing yeah. around it? You're like, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So then I get the upgrade. I do dynamite. Um, fuck, I feel like I have something falling out of my nose right now. Um, I promise it's not what you guys think it is. Anyway, uh, so... Ben Binkus says booger sugar. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but yeah, the uh, all I wanted to do was eat sushi. And I didn't. I went to the gym instead. I forced myself to go to the gym. And then once I was at the gym, I didn't even want to eat anymore. I was like, I don't even want to eat. Why the fuck would I eat? And then I went to the sauna. There's a sauna place called Other Ship. Shout out Other Ship in Toronto. It's a dope-ass place. They have sauna, ice bath, and you go like between the two. for se- You get 75 minutes. It's like 45 bucks. It's sick. Uh, and you feel great after that. So we did that instead. And then I went home and I was like, all, then I ate a can of tuna and an avocado. And I was like, that's really all I need. Like I don't like indulging, overindulging with food, just the taste of food. And it's all the sugar, especially chicken teriyaki. It's just sugar, right? It's just yeah. fucking so much. It's, it's like eating a fucking that, chocolate yeah. bar amount of sugar in a chicken teriyaki. So really tough to get around those snack habits. Are you like a weightlifter? I, I've been, I've been like, I'll, I'll lift weights. I mean, not like crazy. Like, I just started actually, uh, thirty-five something arms. Bro, come, I, I'm a, I do gymnastic workouts. So I, have, <laughs> I, have, I have gymnastic rings. I have gymnastic rings that I exercise on. Work out with me one time, you're gonna be like, wow, this is. Oh, the crazy. where you hang and you fucking do this yeah, thing. Yeah, but like, but like, oh my I God. promise you, it's a lot of fun. One time. Like I don't know if I'm you can put it up somewhere. It's a good time. Dude, the people who fun. work there, I hate to keep bringing this up, but it, it's so funny watching them as I do this podcast. Because they're just, it looks like they're just constantly searching for, like, they're searching it for individuals, I believe, that have, like, stolen shit That's or, yeah. you know what I mean? They just keep going in and out of rooms. <laughs> what did he do in here? What? Who pissed in that room? Who fucking took mm-hmm. a shit in the hallway? It's Asian people with masks on. I used to, I used to go to it all. Are you from Toronto? No, I'm from, I'm from Branson. And then I lived there for 16 years. And then I moved up by <laughs> Highway 9 and 400. Uh, and that's it's called Tottenham. It's amazing. It's called Tottenham, but it's like potato festival. They have a potato festival there. Well, this is great. I mean, I think I might even be able to get a government grant that you're here. I mean, this is incredible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just laughs> but yeah, I lived there for five years, and because uh, but I went to, so I went to high school in downtown Toronto. Okay, my high school was was like ninety percent Chinese. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of Asians here. I've seen this. Yes, there's a lot of Asians. But we had this one Chinese girl. She was really crazy. And uh, she, so she would do this thing where she would go around the school. And she had candy. She would, she would, ha- she would ask people. She was from China, like she was born and raised in China. Okay. She probably came he- to Canada at thirteen, fourteen, yeah. maybe fi- maybe yeah. even fifteen. So, but she's walk. She walk. Do you want candy? Mm-hmm. And she hold it. And sometimes we take it, right? Cause, eh. But then there was this whole thing where there was people were finding out that there was somebody taking shits in the girls washroom of my high school onto the floors no fucking way yes yeah, so they were do- and and smearing it all over the walls and wow. uh just shit like that 
So and 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 nobody knew who it was. It was like this big mystery. Who's shitting? And it was like different. Ba- they'd like she'd hit one bathroom. They close it off. They'd clean it up. She hit a different one like an hour. Like, like it was just that, insane. And so one of my bu- my buddy Jake, his girlfriend at the time, so found out who it was because she walked into the washroom one day, mm-hmm. and this this was the Chinese girl who was giving everybody candy, mm-hmm. standing on top of the stalls like with her legs on either. W- Shitting like like out of the, something out of the like the ring, mm-hmm. you know the ring, mm-hmm. just shitting on top of the stalls, sitting there onto the floors That's and uh, man, like a fucking hawk sitting up there with their ass up. Yeah, it's a crazy look. So. uh that's that. We're we're doing another pod uh, for the people listening. Uh, Patreon, Patreon dot com slash Ben Bankus, Armin and I. That's going to be coming out on. F- uh, I say Friday, but I think it. I think we're switching that to Saturdays. Saturdays uh, are the day that the Patreons are going to be coming out. It's Friday, I'm performing. I'm running around. It doesn't make a lot of sense for me. So Saturdays, we record them on Tuesdays. I probably should be able to get them out on Fridays, but Friday or Saturday. Patreon, we already have, there's like 10 hours of uh, Patreon bonus content, page, podcast content that you guys can check out right now. And um, what else do I got to let you guys know? Yeah, we got the, there's going to be a show coming up in Sudbury in March. There's going to be a show coming up in um, uh, somewhere else. Forget London, Ontario. We might be doing a really big show. I don't, I haven't decided yet. They wanted me to do all this shit. They want me to get insurance and shit to, to rent out a venue, and I don't uh, know if how, I want to do that. How is the experience of uh, of are you are you doing this independently? Your whole your whole tour is it? Are you doing it through someone? Are you doing it independently? What's it's it's a bit of both. I mean, Joey Diaz is my uh, spirit animal. He's my he's my mentor. Without him even knowing that he's my mentor, just by me listening to his podcast, I feel that I am his mentee and he is right about pretty much everything Mm -hmm. and he says that you pick up the phone you do it on your own and eventually people will start helping you so i started organizing it yuck yucks is helping um and uh a bit and uh doing some of it on my own and i think it's it's gonna blow the following up and the next time that we do a tour it's gonna be even crazier and we're hoping that the next tour is in the u.s too so we're working on just head down Mm -hmm. spin class (laughs) fucking saying the n-word online uh literally just n-word not anything more than that unless you join patreon no i'm just kidding um and uh (laughs) what's patreon go get that patreon go get that patreon people don't know what it is it's a fucking way for me to make money and it's a platform like YouTube or, you know, there's co- I can post content on there for you guys that nobody else can see. You pay for it. If you message me on Patreon, if you comment on shit on Patreon, way more likely to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, we're you know, I put up other funny videos. Like I, I posted the video of the woman sending me a voice note complaining about Lula Lounge, you know, stuff like that that I don't post anywhere. But um, what was the reason that I brought that up? Because we're talking about something, experience something, something, doing it yourself. Um, oh, um, okay, I was just asking you a question. Yeah. Here, here I got more for you then. Um, what's what's been the the hardest lesson you've learned on on the, on your road here, and not not some generic lesson like like oh like people aren't gonna laugh, you just gotta get back up. Because mm. like because like obviously if you're what's the what's what have I learned on what on which uh, and, and on on your on your journey through comedy and through working the circuit and through going up the ranks and finally getting to this point where you're doing your own own little tour, uh, right. what's the hardest that you've learned that isn't like oh when my jokes aren't landing like I gotta try again like <laughs> like because like everyone, that's <laughs> a generic fucking answer. I love you, dude. Yeah, I I absolutely love you. Um, yeah, no, I think. The hardest, the hardest part. Yeah, what's the hard, what's the hardest thing you learned that you're like, this shit, shit. is. I mean, just uh, honestly, how uh, how fucking the like I was talking about the dark web of Facebook, the Jewish dark web of mm-hmm. Facebook, mm-hmm. where it's just there's so much like you get, like people don't like. The more followers and stuff you get, like you can't just do it all yourself at a certain point, right? Like, and you want to advertise things and. 
you can't just rely on only your following at a, you know if you because you want to grow your follow like it's complicated. I think the hardest thing that I'm learning is just how complicated it is, mm-hmm. but it also invigorates me. It excites me to be learning new things and also meeting people like Ronan who will just be like, "Look, I'll do it. I know how to do it. I'm a Jew." And like and then that's great and then you'll sit with them like I'm going to Ronan's after this and you know and it's going to help me uh do whatever because I don't know shit about putting on uh selling shows really like i know about making people laugh i know about content i know how to make content that's funny that brings people to my page but physically getting them getting the venue getting the people in the seats all that stuff was new to me and it was uh it's interesting like the first venue i had in vancouver Mm -hmm. was uh a big theater actually it was like 488 seats i kind of fucked up because i was just like fuck it i'm booking this place wants to book me I'm booking it. It wasn't that expensive to book it. I I did the math. I'm like, well, if I sell out, I can make so much money. But then I realized, like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I can sell 488 seats, which actually now I think I could. But if I hadn't canceled it, I couldn't have, if that makes any sense. Because, like, I almost, by canceling it, I created all this buzz about it where people oh. are like, yo, now I really want to go. So... But anyway, it was too big, and the day that the tickets went on sale, Mm -hmm. which is a great day because usually that's when you sell a lot of tickets. You sell many of them in the first few days. Their website was completely down, and they insisted on doing the tickets themselves, so I was pretty pissed off about that, and they couldn't even take my payment to rent it, so I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to cancel the show. We'll do it somewhere else. Even if I like make less money, it's just like it's a bad look to do it somewhere where... They're fucking ticketing. So it's all that kind of shit that's actually the tough part. Like, the doing comedy stuff. Like, I've already... I've been doing comedy for 12 years now. The stand-up. I love stand-up. I'm always working on stand-up. Always writing. I'm always sitting at home writing journals, writing jokes, writing jokes on my phone, trying them out on stage, blah, 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 blah. Doing videos, posting those videos. Got better at editing. You know, edit the podcast. Learned how to use a Zoom recorder. Learned how to use the fucking camera. Like, buying new equipment. That's the hard part about this is do and doing it on your own because nowadays there is no rogers cable like i said this is the equivalent of doing a rogers cable show like tom tom green by the way tom green i met him this week we could talk about that yeah, for I a minute if you want you met him i showed him my beats he you showed him my, your he, beats, he my beats. Me and him had a, that's great 40 minutes. well perfect he might even do uh he said he would uh do this podcast uh, he said he would do this podcast will he do it i don't know he said he would do it uh in writing on Instagram. Uh, so that is me believing that he will do it. But uh, why did I mention Tom Green? Why did you mention Tom Green? Yeah, I don't know. Tom Green? Tom. Because okay. I was just talking about something before that. That what was it talking about right before that? I don't remember, but... Fuck. If you keep it flowing, um, you grew up with Tom Green? Do I grow up with him? Yeah. How, how like watching him? How old are you? Uh, I'm 30. Okay, I'm 22. So there's a disparity between us in terms of in terms of culture. Yes. Right. So did you did you watch Tom Green growing up? Not just for age reasons, but yes. Did no, you watch Tom saying. Green growing up? Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I wasn't like a hardcore Tom. I think I was almost like almost too young, mm-hmm. like for his MTV show. Like mm-hmm. I think I was more. I watched. I probably watched Freddy Got Fingered was pretty big, but it was almost like the kid's two years older than me. I don't really... Like, I knew who he was. He was famous. Drew Barrymore, my mom, everybody talked about him. Because anytime a Canadian gets famous, you know, and they, you know, go to Hollywood and they they uh, meet somebody, uh, you know, they meet Drew Barrymore they, they or whatever, people are proud of that. People yeah, are proud of that. Yeah, like, if are. Justin Bieber... Justin Bieber, the reason they're not proud of that... Is because he never really did that. He did, like Tom Green wasn't. I mean, he's definitely getting tons of pussy, but I don't think he's running through pussy the way like Bieber and Drake. Like nobody's. We celebrate those guys, but for different reasons. But if Bieber settled down, like in his second, imagine Bieber got married to some equivalently famous person in his third year of being famous. You know what I mean? Like he was pretty newly famous when he got married. I believe. Actually, I don't know if that's true at all. But either way, Tom Green, very cool guy, got to hang out with him this weekend, got to uh, perform with him this weekend, got to bring him on stage actually one night. So uh, really cool guy. Shout out to Tom Green. And um, 
uh, I forget why we brought him up, but there was a reason. But because uh, you had asked some question about what's the hardest part about it. But oh, Tom Green did actually give me some advice, and oh, he, he said, did. "Don't go too big too fast with your venues." Uh-huh. Which I was at that point, I hadn't canceled my Vancouver venue yet, so I was freaking out a bit. I was like, "Oh shit, was that too big of a venue? Oh fuck, am I not going to be able to fill it? What's going to happen?" So, um, the new venues are going to sell out, and it's going to be awesome. And I have the best fans, and this is this is all about the journey, trying to enjoy the journey and the ride. You guys are making it so fun and so exciting, honestly, and. Um, Yeah, can't wait to see you all in Western Canada. Thank you. Good night.